Good day everyone, Ty Hillam here, and it's really great to be back. You know, it's been quite a while since I last brought you an episode of the Authorship Secrets program, and if you listen to today's episode, then you'll even get a hint as to why that is, but I can't tell you what it is right now. You know, hopefully sometime in the next few weeks I will. But for now, I just wanted to bring you this episode because it's actually an extract from a lesson that I was delivering in one of my uh, private Facebook groups and it's from a, a live Q&A consulting call that I was doing for that group and I just thought that it was something that would be really interesting to you that it's got to do with how to develop your own mass movement and it's all linked into the legend of the Anzac. So with that said, I hope you enjoy it. Um, pleased to be back and I hope you have a great time listening to this episode of the Authorship Secrets podcast. Cue the theme song. What's going on everyone? This is Ty Hillam and you're listening to Authorship Secrets Radio. So here's the real mystery. Why is it that authors are the only professionals who have to work a normal job just to make ends meet? They can dedicate years of their life to produce a work of art that no one ever reads. What if there was a way to earn a real income selling your book and get it into the hands of your ideal reader? What if there was a way for authors to ditch their job and make authorship their full-time profession? That's the glaring question and this podcast will take you on a journey to this answer. My name is Ty Hillam, and welcome to Authorship Secrets Radio. I've just come from uh, Dawn Service, and the Dawn Service is in tribute to Anzac Day. 25th of April is the the day that Australian and New Zealanders commemorate uh, Anzac Day, so the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, uh, which has its roots all the way back to World War I. So... Uh, the 25th of April is the day that the the Anzac or Australian New Zealand Army Corps um, basically invaded the Gallipoli Peninsula and it, that uh, attack happened at dawn and effectively as, as far as Australia is concerned I can't speak for New Zealand but uh, Australia commemorates this day uh, every year because even though the country was federated in 1901 it was actually uh, our efforts in World War One that really made the country feel like we were a country. So it was our opportunity to go out there on the world stage and and do something. So uh, it has a lot of excuse me has a lot of meaning uh, for Australians and especially for those that served. So I hope you appreciate that something that I care about a lot, and uh, I hope you can forgive me for being a little bit emotional about that. But uh, that that explains why I'm, I'm dressed the way I am. Um, not in uniform any, anymore, but still have a, a huge sense of pride in, in my service. So I uh, just want to take that opportunity to explain and uh, we'll go from there. As you can see, um, I didn't plan it this way, but you know, I, was, I was getting a little bit emotional before when I was, I was talking about Anzac Day. And coming into today, I, I wanted to, to see how I could try link um, this particular event to marketing and something very obvious popped up once I had that idea and effectively that is the concept around a mass movement so I explained before just a really really brief history of what an Anzac Day is and yet still to this day um, hundreds of thousands of Australians will get up at at 4.30 in the morning to go to a dawn service or it's, it's cold, it's dark and uh, often they'll, they'll bring their children and all sorts of things and it's it's a very solemn time so you know more than a hundred years after 
after we first started commemorating the day, uh, we still do it. And I think if you if you kind of get the significance of that, it's very easy to understand that it has all the components of, of a mass movement. And that's one of the things that you learn in this program is that if you want to have true success, if you want to grow your author business um, and reach new people with the most effectiveness, you need you really need to have a mass movement. So you might you might be wondering, well, how does that how does that link with Anzac Day? Well, it was over a hundred years ago. There's no one alive today that was involved in it back then. Um, maybe some very very young children from back then are still around today but no one who served back then is alive and around today yet the tradition that has been created as a result of that is stronger than ever and wh whichever country you come from you'll have something similar to that as well and at, at least from my perspective Anzac Day it's, it's very easy to draw that, that parallel I mean we have other national holidays too uh, Australia Day being one of them and whilst Australians in general, whether they're um, multi-generational Australians or they've just migrated here in, in the last decade of their life, um, everyone enjoys it, everyone looks forward to it, um, but they don't have that same connection to it that Australians have to Anzac Day. Um, I think it's probably actually the most important day to Australians in, in the entire year. So more than 100 years after it happened, people still... Um, remember it the way that it was supposed to be remembered that it doesn't turn into a, a holiday where everyone just goes out and parties or anything like that and so the the deep meaning the core meaning behind it is still present so what I wanted to do is just quickly talk about um, couple the, the three main components of a mass movement and I'll, I'll just quickly list off what they are so first you have a charismatic leader um, you have the cause and then you have the new opportunity. Now what's interesting about Anzac Day is there's no one individual who, who you would characterize as the attractive or the charismatic leader. And so you might automatically think well, it doesn't count but if you understand Australian culture uh, you would understand that the there's sort of a legend around the Anzacs and the Anzacs themselves you could say are the charismatic leader. and one of the big traditions that came from that is the the digger so the digger is like a private soldier um, just an Australian soldier who persevered uh, despite a lot of difficulty you have to excuse me it's a bit later than usual and my kids are, are up at the moment trying to get in so if there's any noise in the background I apologize um, but yeah so the Australian digger is, is sort of like this this larrikin um, under resourced probably under trained yet what they were able to achieve was was phenomenal um, to put it that in perspective when the Australians went to Gallipoli Australians and New Zealand went to Gallipoli we were up against the the Turks who had fortified that position over a 12-month period and despite that we were able to make huge inroads to, to taking it um, despite the fact that if you're a defending force it's much easier for you to hold ground than it is for a defending force to take it and the numbers were almost were almost equal, which makes it even more of an accomplishment. Now, with that said, they it did come to a stalemate eventually, but the Gallipoli Peninsula are like cliffs of several hundred feet high, and they were able to get from the beachhead to take the top of the cliffs and a couple of kilometres inland. Um, and the Turks 
even though we were the 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 ones that were on the offensive, attacking them, invading them, actually hold the Australians and New Zealands in very high regard because of the way they fought, and it it wasn't being dirty or anything like that. It was just that they were so determined and so willing to um, to put their lives on the line to achieve what they had to do that they earned that respect. So, you know, it, and again, I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about that. Um, so. The, the attractive character or the charismatic leader there is the identity that that gave to Australians. So um, within that you've got a really strong backstory. Um, there are parables about the story and I, I won't go into it today but there are a lot of individual um, stories as well um, and achievements. There are, there are character flaws so there are a lot of mistakes made um, by the officer corps and people's lives are wasted unnecessarily and, and all sorts of things and it's also quite polarizing too so you know on both sides you, you can have um, some people who are, uh, are really gravitate towards the idea of what the Anzac stood for and there were some who are who are against it or there are um, examples of where mistakes were made by certain people that, that are quite polarizing so you can see why they made certain decisions but at the same time those decisions resulted in um, the loss of life <laughs> so it has all the components of a charismatic leader but it's not necessarily wrapped up in one individual and I think just understanding that it doesn't have to always be one individual when you're trying to think about how you're creating your own mass movement is really important because this proper if you think of it like that that you are the only person that has to be wrapped around that can be a lot of pressure and I think what is important to note is that it doesn't need to be one person. You know, you can talk about your readers or your followers and whoever else, use their examples from time to time, and they can form part of that charismatic leader. You know, it's, it's about an idea of, of who someone can become. And the next one is a cause. So that's, that's the second component of a mass movement. So what, what is the cause that you're, that you're chasing, that you stand for, that you're helping people achieve or you know, it doesn't have to be a massive cause but you need to stand for something so that one's a little bit more straightforward but you need to try to start to think about what is your cause that people can get around and they can rally behind and then the new opportunity and this at least when I'm trying to draw this to parallels to Anzac Day um, the parallels are, are the, it's clear, but there are so many different types of new opportunities, at least within Anzac Day. You know, one of the things I said very early on was that it was kind of where Australia started to forge its identity on the world stage, and that was a new opportunity because up until that point, you know, back in the early 1900s, people around the world didn't really know about Australia. Um, if you're from, from the UK or Great Britain, you would, you would obviously know about it, um, but outside of that, no one really knew about Australia. And so the new opportunity for Australians back then was, you know, there's this terrible world war going on, and and they felt obligated to be part of it, you know, king and country type thing. But at the same time, there was we were starting to get press around the world about the Australians and what they're doing and what they're achieving, and that gave people a lot of pride that they didn't previously have access to. So that that's just one example of a new opportunity within the Anzac tradition. So I think you can see that the, the mass movement, like anything that's lasting, that has long-lasting effects, that reaches people long since they 
the, the original events happened or the original person was around, uh, a true mass movement will, will go on and on and on. And I'm not saying that you and your books are necessarily going to have that impact. And I'm not saying that they necessarily need to have that impact. But if you can get some of those components working in your favor, you've got the recipe to create a mass movement. And even if it's only short-lived, you know, comparatively in a few years, you can have a lot of fun and success during that time and reach a lot of people. So I hope that um, as far as a marketing lesson goes to this week, that you can take that on board and see, see how it doesn't just apply to some of the examples that are provided in the program. But there are other areas uh, in life and in the world that also um, can, can draw that same parallel. And when you can start to see how it's applied in different ways and understand how those components are linked, then it will make it that much easier for you to do for yourself. So um, I hope that anyone who's coming through this, um, whether it's watching it live now or later, um, I hope you can appreciate that. And um, forgive me for getting a little bit emotional there okay that's it for today's episode of the authorship secrets podcast as i said in the beginning it was just an extract from a lesson that i was delivering in a private facebook group so i hope it's something that you appreciated uh, sharing in this format and it's something that i plan on doing again in the future so i hope you've enjoyed it and i'll see you next time hey have you heard about the authorpreneur facebook group if you haven't you should definitely check it out because it's the best place on the internet for entrepreneurs just like you. It's a community where entrepreneurs gather to share ideas and experiences from their entrepreneurial scars, you know, what's worked for them in terms of their, their marketing, their book sales, and just business processes as a whole. So make sure you go to Facebook, search for the entrepreneur community, and I look forward to seeing you in there.